What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Pablo Torre. And Tony, scientists have concluded that 20 quadrillion ants are roaming the earth. Tony Kornheiser, wow. How many are crawling around Uranus? That's funny. <laughs> Wilbon would go, ah, 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 ah. But that's, that's funny. No, I, it's I know more it's than funny. funny. It's, it's an honor, really, to be baptized yeah. with the Uranus joke. I've just been waiting for this it's for a funny. very long time, years, literally. And it's funny. Quadrillion seems like an awful lot. A lot I mean, of you know, billions. Ants are tiny. It's a big world. Quadrillion, I don't, I don't know. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. Wilbon doesn't love you like I do. So here to do his work today is our great friend from the ESPN Daily and Debatable Podcast, Mr. Pablo Torres. And we begin today with the news that the Celtics coach Ime Udoka is likely to be suspended by the team, perhaps for as long as this entire season. Udoka is facing punishment for his part in what is being called a consensual, intimate relationship with a female staffer on the Celtics. Pablo, what is your reaction to this? My first reaction is that this is one of the messiest rollouts of a story, Tony, that I can recall. Just ever in general. The NBA has always been this tiny little gossipy cafeteria, and everybody is gossiping about a story that could involve plausibly an enormous range of things, from the puritanical to the just serious. And so I have questions, mostly. I have questions about why it is that this requires a year-long suspension. That seems serious to me, right? So does the woman involved, allegedly, does she feel the way about the relationship that it has been reported as, as consensual, primarily? Were there other women? Where did this relationship unfold and take place? Was Ime Yudoka warned in any way by his bosses that this, for whatever reason, and again, there's a range of reasons, that this was a bad idea? Because Tony, this feels to me in the end like a really hard thing to come back from if you're the head coach of this team and you're gone presumably for a full year. Yeah, I have a large amount of questions as well. I heard about this this morning. I watched SportsCenter. And I saw it, and then I began to try to read about it. And one of the early stories that I read, Pablo, said there is no indication at all that Odoko will lose his job. And I just thought to myself, well, wait a second. I mean, if this is a violation of organizational policy, presumably he would have known it was a violation. Why wouldn't it be possible for him to lose his job? Many other people in other business organizations have lost their jobs for something similar. Mostly I feel about this. This is a very hard story for me to deal with because, as you say, we don't really know anything. No. It's still, it's still a fog out there. We don't know anything. But let me say my position for the record would be that I certainly understand why someone in a position of power, a coach, a general manager, an owner, should not be involved with a staff person on a lower rung. Because yes. the question is always going to be, did the staff person on a lower rung get coerced into doing something. Now, we are told that it is consensual. It's the power relationship. We're told that it's consensual. There have been a lot of famous people in the last few years who've been involved in this, and they are out. They're out of their jobs. And I don't, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say what I'm going to say now because I'm going to talk about the basketball implications, but this is a sports show. He's the head coach of a team. 
In his first year, he took them to the NBA Finals. That's right. Obviously a really good coach. This is going to have enormous impact on this team. Will that in any way, Pablo, influence the final decision on what the suspension would be? Right. And is Brad Stevens then, who is the guy making some of these calls, presumably alongside ownership, does he come and coach? I mean, the sports side of it is a giant basket of real sports questions. But you mentioned the one that I'm concerned about the most, right? How does consent work with a subordinate, with power, you know, it, it, it's, it's a giant mess, Tony. But for now, we should probably move on because we have another story. Week three of the NFL, bringing us back to sports, is upon us tonight. The Steelers meet the Browns on Thursday Night Football. Both teams are one and one. The Steelers have scored just two offensive touchdowns through two games. The Browns blew a giant lead to the Jets on Sunday. So this game tonight, what intrigues you the most? Not much, actually. I mean, I probably shouldn't say that. I don't think it's like the Chiefs and the Chargers last week. I mean, I, you know, I don't believe it's going to be that good. As The Steelers lost a game at home last week to a mediocre New England team. A good Steelers team would never have done that. Cleveland collapses in the last two minutes, loses to a terrible team, the Jets, and embarrasses themselves. Cleveland's, Cleveland's not even a real team now. Okay, no, they spent all this money this on Deshaun Watson, and they are waiting nine more games to put him in there. And I'll bet ownership doesn't care if they win any game until that point. Pittsburgh has quarterback issues of, of its own, as Kenny Pickett waits to see if, you know, Mitch Trubisky will be booed out of town. And, and the, the, the drumbeat is starting for that. So normally, if you said to me, I got a great division game, I got two hard-nosed teams, I got Cleveland and Pittsburgh, are you in? Normally, I would say it's appointment viewing, not so much tonight, no. No, it's been pointed out to me, Tony, by Dominique Foxworth, my friend, that they've been advertising this game with the defensive linemen. That's the two, like, big faces to sell this thing after getting Mahomes and Allen a Thursday ago. So there is a drop-off. Let's just yeah. acknowledge that's what we're dealing with. But in terms of the quarterback in this one, Mitch Trubisky, he is the worst quarterback in the NFL not named Cooper Rush, and Cooper Rush is a placeholder. So the question then obviously is, okay, whose place is Mitch Trubisky holding, and when does Kenny Pickett show up? And the question now, and this is the intrigue yeah. I have, if any, for yeah. this game is, will we see him tonight? And I don't think we should just because the schedule from here, they get the bills coming up, they get a bunch of really tough teams. I don't think you bring in the rookie because he might get destroyed. I think you wait for the softer yeah. part of the schedule, which means that probably not tonight, which means even less enthusiasm for this thing. Um, Mitch Trubisky, if I have this number right, is the 32nd rated quarterback in terms of yards per pass attempts. A 32-team league, so you can't get much lower than 32. I'll just say this about Kenny Pickett. There's pressure to put him in, not on the team. There's pressure in the community. He went to Pitt. He's a local. Right. It would be like if they had drafted Dan Marino 40 years ago, you would say, put him in. So at some point, he's going to go in. Maybe not tonight, but at some point. The President's Cup is underway at Quail Hollow outside Charlotte. The U.S. team is a prohibitive favorite, but the news in golf remains dominated by the contention between the PGA Tour and the Saudi Tour. Greg Norman was on Capitol Hill yesterday lobbying Congress to allow Saudi Tour players to play in PGA Tour events from which they are now barred. Norman's efforts got what is being called mixed reviews. Pablo, is Norman helping or hurting his cause here? Mixed feels generous based on what I read, and this has been covered by the political press where you are, Tony, to great comedic effect, honestly. A lot of people don't seem to be buying 
the recipes that Greg Norman has been selling them, right? The idea that this is all about growing the game of golf. And I actually just need you to help me out here because to me, with the whole live golf thing, I thought that, to quote Mad Men, this is what the money was for, right? Like, the whole thing is, you don't play with us, but you get paid so much more. And I thought that was the trade-off, but now they seem to want it all, which is confusing to me fundamentally. Yeah, so first of all, Greg Norman has played in President Cup's events. He was a great big star. He actually helped put this thing on the map. So it's disconcerting to me to see him in this current position where he is obsessed with now and has been obsessed with for many years destroying the PGA Tour. But like you, I have a, I have a problem with this. If you're going to say... You have to allow us to be eligible to make a lot of money on the PGA Tour because we're being deprived of money. You signed with the Saudi Tour because they offered (laughs) you more money. Guaranteed Guaranteed money money and less work. 54 holes instead of 72. That's why you went. So I don't get that. And the other thing, at my age, I am old enough to remember very distinctly the ABA and the NBA, the WHA and the NHL, the AFL and the NFL. You didn't play for both. They were competing leagues. You decided where you would play, and you played there. So maybe I'm wrong about this, but if you're trying to destroy the other league, why are you allowed to play on it as well? I think this has been, in the last few months, very good for individual golfers and very bad for golf. That's what I think. Yeah, no, I mean, Tony, I'm curious as to whether you're surprised that the live golfers want in on the PGA Tour this bad, like, let's go to Washington and lobby bad, because the work thing obviously is a sham. We're going to work less was a huge part of the selling point. Now they want to work more. But the idea that they're not getting actually their itches scratched by the sales pitch from the Saudis is to me kind of revealing, isn't it? They have guaranteed money and now they want the other guy's money. It's just, it's hard for me. Let's take a break. Coming up, everyone agrees the Bengals' offensive line is stunk, but are there things Joe Burrow could be doing to avoid some of that pressure? And how will a rib injury affect Justin Herbert's performance? Well, we will ask a man who has suffered from one himself, Steve Young. Yeah, yeah the golf thing is, I, I mean, I've said this before on this show, when the music ends, I don't think there's a seat at the table for Greg Norman. I just don't. I think no. he'll be radioactive on both sides. It dome, feels like so. he's been a meat shield very enthusiastically for people who don't deserve to be shielded. PTI fans, listen up. Have you heard you can listen to episodes of this very show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership? That's right. All your favorite PTI episodes can be heard on Amazon Music ad-free. But that's not all. You can listen to other top podcasts like The Low Post and First Take ad-free as well. They also have your favorite shows like The Daily, Part of My Take, and Up First all without ads. You know what this means, uninterrupted listening, so no more cliffhangers. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts, so we know they definitely have something for you. And it's already included in your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash PTI. That's amazon.com slash PTI to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. 
As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. As Pablo's investigative work uncovered in our first segment, week three of the NFL season kicks off tonight. It makes it a perfect time (laughs) for a visit with our great friend, the man who finished just three spots ahead of me at law school, Hall of Fame quarterback Steve Young. But I believe he cheated. I believe that's how he got there. Let's start with law this. Law review. You know me. Let's I'm talk- law review. So, <laughs> Yeah. Let's, let's talk about Joe Burrow. Everyone is pointing fingers at Joe Burrow's offensive line, blaming them for 13 sacks over the first two weeks. In your experience, what could Burrow do himself to cut down on this alarming sack rate? Uh, Tony, there's two, ex- there's two parts of expertise in quarterback. One is processing, and the other is delivery. Joe has no problem with delivery. Processing, I saw in week one, when I studied that one much more than this week two, there was a processing issue. He was not seeing linebackers, corners, like he was not, he was doing a very poor job. And so, granted, he's under siege from a sack perspective, but from a, from a pressure perspective, he is not. There's plenty of times with, with time to go get the job done. So I would say this, Tom Brady's great. Why is he great? Because he, he holds the ball the shortest in the league, and he has the longest you know, kind of distance for each completion. So that's the expertise. Hold it briefly, biggest gains. And so if Joe's holding it longer, not processing, then part of the sacks are not necessarily the offensive line's problem. You're part of the problem as well. So again, it goes back to processing. And Joe, who was great last year, and I think towards the end of the game, uh, game one, got better. It's all about your processing power and how fast you can do it. And then you're going to avoid a lot more sacks and help a de- an offensive line that's struggling. But, but Steve, in terms of the consequences of all of that pressure, those sacks, we watched Justin Herbert elsewhere fracture his rib cartilage on national television. This is an injury, rib injuries that you're familiar with personally. What does that change for you? Like, how do you get over that? What does it change in terms of your approach to doing the job? First of all, it's miserable. If you've had a bad back where you can't move in bed, you can't find a, you can't even turn over without a lot of pain. That's what the ribs feel like. You can't move. You can't breathe. It's terrible. It's a long week of just frustration for Justin Herbert. What they'll tell him is that we'll shoot it up with painkiller and you'll be okay. It'll be to pain Mm. tolerance, be okay. They told me that for the championship game against the Green Bay Packers. What they didn't know at the time was my rib was out of joint. It was two weeks (laughs) later I was back at BYU kind of doing something with the training staff, and they kicked it back into joint. I'm like, oh, yeah, now it feels great. So make sure, Justin, that your your, your ribs are all in joint, and then we'll just shoot you up (laughs) on Sunday. So the other way to help a quarterback, of course, is to improve your running game. The Detroit Lions right now, Steve – over seven yards of carry somehow. And so as a quarterback, are you just enjo- are you actually enjoying getting to hand it off when the running game is that good? Or are you this whole entire time just like secretly trying to well, wing it still? Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm not going to say that I didn't. I mean, it's part of that. Like, I would much rather throw it because I'm involved. But I get the idea that we're in this together and whatever's working is working. That's fine. But in today's game, with the explosive nature of what quarterbacks are available to the quarterbacks today and how Super Bowls are won, Running games aren't going to get that job done. So in the meantime, I don't mind Detroit using it as a way to get out of the basement. Like, let's, let's, get into, let's be relevant. Let's get that relevancy <laughs> going, then we'll go from there. And I think running, using the running game for relevancy is fine. If you're using the running game to win a Super Bowl, I don't believe it's true. Mm. 
We will get you out of here on this. And of course, we're going to talk about another quarterback. The Indianapolis Colts raved about having Matt Ryan in the preseason, but he has really struggled his first two games. I believe he had no points at all against Jacksonville last Sunday. As an older, successful quarterback, which you certainly were and which he has been, can your confidence still get shaken? Or do all the good things you've done over a long period of time prevent that from happening? So what happens, Tony, and and any of us that are a little older can appreciate this, you've seen the movie so many times and you've had those errors that you've made, interceptions that have been thrown in certain situations that you can, as as an experienced, older, mature player, start to see ghosts that aren't there. Oh, I know what happens here because this has happened to me a bunch of times. And then pretty soon you're not as aggressive or as efficient as you could possibly be. So there's no question in my mind as older players, you got to be careful that your past doesn't reflect your future. Like you have to wipe the slate clean, start over, and start with a new kind of, you know, every week start with something, a, a new eye sense of, of how you want to approach things so that you don't get caught in the seeing ghosts that was a real problem. Look, all of us that played for a long time, we know what that looks like. It's such a great pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. <laughs> I can't relate to that you the part, best. Thanks, yeah. guys. This is so you bet. good. It's just so good. You can catch more of Steve on Monday Night Countdown. Let's take one last break, but still to come. With the Pirates justified in pitching around Aaron Judge while down nine in the eighth inning. And we have got some very encouraging news for the Clippers. Do you remember a couple of years ago, was it Sam Darnold who said, I saw ghosts? Yes, of course. And the ridicule that happens. And he was like maybe in his first year. But yeah. I understand One of the this. Great what Steve, Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Happy time, people. Happy 28th birthday, Carlos Correa. And happy 25th birthday, Jeremy Pena. Why are we doing these two shortstops together? Because when Correa left the Houston Astros for the Twins, Pena replaced him on the Astros. The Astros are going to the playoffs, the Twins are not. But Correa is batting 289 with 21 home runs, 60 RBI, and an 835 OPS. And Pena's batting 249 with 19 home runs, 53 RBI, and a 698 OPS. So clearly, Correa is having the better statistical season. 
Pena also has 16 errors, and Correa only has eight. But again, Pena's team won the AL West, likely to be the number one seed in the playoffs, and Correa's team's going home. So who is laughing best? I suppose it does depend on how big the home is, Tony. Carlos Correa signed a $105 million deal over three years. But the thing about the Astros, man, I hate the Astros for what they did, but there's no denying that they are an excellently run team now. Like, they are good. They are 99 win good right now. Yes, they are. Happy anniversary to this incredible Cubs-Cardinals brawl. On this day, 48 years ago, the two rivals were tied at five in the ninth when Chicago's hitter Bill Madlock retreated back to the on-deck circle to protest St. Louis reliever Al Roboski's lengthy pre-pitch ritual. Umpire Shad Crawford angrily warned Maddock Madlock to get back in the box. Then while engaged with Cubs manager Jim Marshall, Crawford walked back behind Cardinals catcher Ted Simmons and ordered Roboski to pitch. After a called strike without Madlock in the box, Madlock ran back to continue his at-bat. He was joined by Marshall and teammate Jose Cardinal, who also wanted to swing at the next pitch. Simmons and Madlock exchanged words. Simmons threw a punch, and you are watching what happened. Just some great names in this one. Obviously, the Mad Hungarian, also a guy named Shag. And speaking of Shag, the legend apparently is if you watch this video closely enough, you'll see a toupee from a certain manager flying in the air somewhere yeah. in the background. Yes, it's a wonderful clip. An even longer happy trails to Lonzo Ball. The Bulls guard, who has been out of action since last January with a tear in his left knee, will undergo another surgery next week and then be reevaluated four to six weeks after that. Ball was the number two pick in the 2017 draft by the Lakers, later traded to New Orleans. Last year, he went to Chicago. Ball averaged roughly the same numbers in New Orleans and Chicago. 13 points and between five and six assists a game. But Ball's shooting percentages, which were embarrassingly low in L.A., have risen lately. Ball now yeah. shoots 42% from two and from three, and his free throws are up to 75%. 42% from three for a guy who can also play defense on the perimeter, a guy who has amazing court vision. It's all so... It's, it's a bummer, Tony. It's, it's sad. Like, I don't want Lonzo Ball to go out like this, not just because of the hype of his early career from his dad, but just because he had become a actually good, useful player. I think his brother is better than he is right now. Oh, yeah. LaMelo, LaMelo I, is you know, but I, the future. I find myself actually rooting for Lonzo Ball because of his father. You know, I want to see him do well so I don't have to listen to all the stuff that I had to listen to for years and I, I somehow think that he was put in jeopardy by all of the hype. But I, yeah, I thought he'd be he's better. Made it good. I did. I thought he would be. Thought he would be better. Let's go to the big finish, if we could. The Pirates walked Aaron Judge on four pitches last night while down nine in the eighth. Mr. Yankee fan, is that all right with you? No, this is cowardice, Tony. If you're down that much, come on, man. Stop depriving the rest of us because you don't have the bravery to do your job. Justin Verlander, meanwhile, goes for his 18th win tonight against the Orioles. You like his chances? I always like his chances. He's 17 and three. The last time he went out, he pitched five innings of no-hit ball. Yes, I like his chances. The Jazz are reportedly trading Bojan Bogdanovic to the Pistons. Is that significant? It kind of is. The Pistons are not a good team, but he's a good shooter. They can bench Marvin Bagley the third. That's helpful. But college football tonight is West Virginia at Virginia Tech. Who you got? 
Can I be coy enough by saying I think one of the teams that wins will have Virginia in its name? Can I do that? <laughs> Last one. I'll allow the it. Clippers have cleared Kawhi Leonard for five-on-five work. That is a big deal, right? He was the best player in the league, you could argue, when healthy. He has not been healthy in a very long time, but that's his promise and potential. Huge deal. We're out of time. We'll try and do better the next time. I'm Tony Kornheiser. And I'm Pablo Torre. Please check out ESPN Daily and Debatable wherever you get, you know, the good podcasts. But for now, your Sports Center. Debatable, huh? Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.